Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Refuge Church Online. We're so glad that you chose to uh, join us today. Uh, today, we pray, as always, that you feel God's love, you hear God's voice, and that your faith is encouraged. Uh, last week, we talked about how God wants us to pray about things. But today, we look at how God wants us to pray with purpose, how to pray with purpose. You see, prayer is not something that you just accidentally do. Prayer is something that you intentionally do and you purposely do. God has led me to share with you seven biblical reasons or purposes to pray. Each of these purposes are grounded in Scripture, and they should motivate your prayer life, and they should make your prayers more purpose-driven. So let me just jump right into these right now. The first uh, prayer purpose is this. You need to pray purposely to fellowship closer with God. You need to pray purposely to fellowship closer with God. Through prayer, we are able to come closer to God through the relationship and rights that we have been given uh, by God the Father, by grace, through faith in His Son, Jesus. Because we are His blood-bought children, we have this privilege, this opportunity to converse with God anytime through prayer. We have this opportunity of community, of conversation, and I want you to hear this, of closeness with God anytime, anywhere. You know, Scripture says that God is an ever-present help in our every time of need. That is because we can always reach out. We can always call on Him through prayer. Now, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, Jesus says, He says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But as I have up on the screen, verse 6, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now it goes on to say in verse 7 and 8, it says, When you pray, Jesus says, Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered by merely repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need even before you ask Him. Listen, prayer, it is not just about eloquent-sounding words, but prayer is about intimate fellowship and conversation with God. Prayer is about you purposely seeking God's face, God's heart, and closer of God's presence in your life. Listen, as the old familiar hymn says, it says, And He walks with me, and He talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. Listen, just as a good father wants to hear and, and have conversation uh, with his son, with his daughter, so does our perfect heavenly father want to have the closest of relationships with us. Listen, God wants to spend one-on-one -on -one time with you. God wants to spend one-on-one -on -one time with you. And prayer is how you get closer to God. Listen, some of you have, have designated prayer rooms where you go and you, you meet with God one-on-one, -on -one, uh, where it's just you and, and God talking things over, where it's just you and God connecting at the, at the deepest of levels. You know, you try to remove the distractions. You try to do as, as Jesus often did. You withdraw from the crowds, from the chaos, 
into a lonely, isolated, uh, uh, less distractful place so that you can hear God's voice and so that you can communicate and converse and get closer with God. Listen, God often, though, He uses our pain, our heartache, and our suffering to draw us closer. Oftentimes we feel like these things are working against us, but these can be the very things, I know I found that to be true in my life, the very painful things can be the very things that God uses to get you closer to Him. Closer fellowship with God, it is what our soul, our very being, thirsts the most for in life. We think it's for for more money or for, for this or for that, but Psalm 42 Verse 2 says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? I'm going to tell you something that's very convicting for any of us, and that's this. Your prayer life is a true reflection of your walk with God. I want you to hear that. Your prayer life, it is a true reflection of whether or not you are or you are not walking with God. Oftentimes when we aren't walking with God and we're sort of just making up our own script and and, and living to our own beat or or just following, uh, you know, things of our gut, we aren't spending much time in prayer. But when we are spending quality time in prayer, that shows that the depth of our relationship, our closeness with God is greater than ever. Listen, I can testify that, that when you aren't prayer conditioned, You aren't able to have the greatest peace, and you aren't able to live out your greatest level of purpose. But secondly, you need to pray purposely to align your heart with God. You need to pray purposely to align your heart with God. Listen, God's Word tells us that our hearts, they are the very wellspring of our lives, that out of the overflow of our heart, our life, is lived. You have to have your heart aligned with God before your life can be aligned. Uh, If you're like me, uh, if you're not mechanically inclined, that is, uh, or you just don't have the time to do so, uh, you don't service your own vehicle. But you take that vehicle into a mechanic, you get it checked out, you get it evaluated, you get the, the, the oil checked, the, the, the gauges and, and levels of different fluids checked, and you just try to see, you know, is this, is this car in line of where it should be? Well, listen, when we come to God in prayer, it has is, it is got to be our goal to get right before God, bowed before Him, allowing Him to align us, to put things in order, maybe that are out of order in our attitude or our actions or our approach to life or maybe our direction of life. Listen, how do you align your heart with God? You repent of your sin and you turn wholeheartedly towards God. You seek His ways, you turn from your ways, and you seek His way. Look at James chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That's where all of us live. Listen, we're either, we're we're pulled sometimes by the Spirit and oftentimes by the flesh. Sometimes we're taking up our cross and following Christ, and oftentimes we are being pulled by the world's ways, and we're conforming instead of living transformed. But look at verse 9. It says, let there be tears for what you've done. 
Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Now here, the word's not saying that you need to go around being sad all the time, but what it's saying here is that you need to turn from your sin. You have to have a clean heart so that you can have a close or closer relationship with God. And you need to be broken over the sin in your life. Anything in your life that is not pleasing and acceptable to God, you need to genuinely be broken over that because you know that it breaks God's heart. Listen, when your heart is aligned with God, your life will be aligned. You'll be a, a better man, a better woman, better husband, better wife, better person. Not because of your goodness, but God's greatness. Listen, when your heart is right with God, God's peace and purpose will follow. Prayer, it is never about seeking your heart's desire or your agenda, but it is about seeking God's heart in all things. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, Jesus said, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's basically saying, listen, God, whatever you want, I want. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Listen, if you are truly seeking God's will and heart in all things, and if your heart is truly aligned with God's heart, the world will see the difference that Christ is making in you and is making through you. First John chapter 1, verses 5-7 through seven says, This is the message we have heard from Jesus, and we now declare to you, God is light, and there is no darkness in Him at all. Here, here verse 6, it says, So we are lying. If we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness, we are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Listen, you can't have a close relationship with a holy God while living willfully, disobediently in sin. You can't be walking in darkness and experience the fullness of his light. But thirdly, you need to pray purposely to give God thanks. You need to pray purposely to give God thanks. Now, oftentimes we, um, we may have a habit of thanking God for our food, okay? Either you grew up around that, or you develop that habit yourself, or you haven't. But that's just one form of thanksgiving. God is always deserving of our thanks. But listen, Satan loves to keep us focused on our burdens and not our blessings, on what isn't happening or, or what we don't have. And God calls us to continually live with thankful hearts and grateful hearts for what God is doing. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, it says, Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Things can always be worse than they are. I know, I know things have not been easy in this season. They've not been easy for me, but they've not been easy for most people. But even in this season, I don't care how crazy things are in your life, there are blessings in your life, and you need to count those blessings. There's always something worth giving God thanks about. After all, God gives us the breath that we breathe. God gives us the, 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 the money we have. God watches over us day and night. He is always faithful to keep his promise. He can always be counted on. Psalm 136 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord 
for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. We should thank God daily and often for his love, his grace, his provision, and for every good gift that he alone gives us. James chapter 117 says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Listen, there's so many things and blessings that God bestows upon us, and sometimes we just don't recognize them as the blessings they are. It could be the blessings of your mom or your dad. It could be the blessing of your spouse. It could be the blessing of your children. It could be the blessing of a job. It could be the blessing of, of, of health that's been restored. Listen, as children of God, we all have a good, good Father who is worthy of our thanksgiving. From the food we eat to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ forevermore. But fourthly, we need to pray purposely to trust God with everything. We need to pray purposely to trust God with everything. Just as we should count all our blessings one by one, we must give God every burden one by one. I shared with you last week about, listen, whatever it is in your life that bothers you or burdens you, God cares about. Even when we can't see what God is, is doing or, 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 or feeling what God is, is doing. We have to trust God with everything. Listen, you can't really give things to God without trusting things with God. It's not just a matter of going through the motions of the prayer, but it is believing that, hey, you know what? God, you, you've asked me, you've invited me to put these things in your hands, and I know I can trust them with you. Listen, even with our unbelief, often we have to cry out, just like the Father uh, pleaded out, to, to Jesus to heal his demon-possessed son. Look at Mark chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. This father, he cried out to Jesus. He said, have mercy on us and help us if you can, Jesus. And then verse 23 says, what do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. And then verse 24 says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. I don't know about you, but I can, I can think back on many times in my life, I believed, but then I didn't believe. I had belief in my Lord and Savior, but yet I still lacked in my confidence in myself or in the circumstance at hand. But I said, Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. Listen, I bet there's something or someone in your life that you feel like will never change. And you need to give that person or that situation completely over to God, and then you need to trust them or trust that with God. Psalm 115, verses 11 and 12 says, All who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper, and he is your shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. Matthew 6, 9 through 13, Jesus once again, he said, Pray like this, Our Father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus gets very specific and practical here. Verse 11, uh, he says to pray like this, Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now listen to what it's saying here. He's saying you can and you should trust 
God's will, trust God's plan, trust God's provision that he's going to give you everything that you need, even if you don't have everything you want, trust God's forgiveness, his grace, his salvation, trust God to help you overcome life's temptations, trust God to help you overcome the devil's attacks. With anything and everything, you need to trust God in prayer. Listen, in God's hands, everything is safe and everything is possible. But number five, pray purposely to experience God's peace. Pray purposely to experience God's peace. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. I don't think you can have full peace without consistent prayer because whatever you aren't praying about, that's things that you've taken upon yourself. That's, that's burden that you weren't meant to carry alone instead of putting it in God's hands. Listen, somehow when we are full of gratefulness towards God, when we have thanksgiving in our hearts mixed with, we are turning over to God every specific thing in our life, then God's peace is found. I don't know about you, but I've experienced God's peace many times, even when life wasn't easy, even when things didn't seem right, and everything might have appeared to be falling apart. This is because God's peace is not dependent upon your circumstance. It's not even dependent upon what you think makes sense. God's peace is only dependent upon the Spirit of God, the peace of God. When you pray and you lay it all down at God's feet, God's Spirit within you settles your heart and it calms your fears. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I want you to hear that. Tell God what you need. So you, you give him what, what you need to give him and you trust him for all those things. But then you thank him for all he has done. It's this balance of, of giving God your burdens, but also counting your blessings. And verse 7 says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, something I do whenever I'm really needing to, to see the blessings of God, I just pull out a sheet of paper and I just start writing them all down. And it doesn't take long for me to fill up a whole sheet of paper. But sometimes my heart's so heavy that I need to do that with my burdens as well. And I need to spell out all the things that I need to give to God in prayer so that I make sure that I've gotten it out and I've given it up. Listen, Jesus, even when he knew his crucifixion was drawing closer, Scripture reveals that his human feelings were all over the place. In fact, the Scripture says that his soul was overwhelmed, even to the point of death. And what Scripture says he did was he just kept praying and praying and praying, God's will be done. He kept giving things to God. He kept praying for God's peace, comfort, and strength through it all. That is how he made it to the cross, through the cross, and accomplished God's earthly mission for his life. Look at Romans 16, 20. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Listen, sometimes all you can rely on that's certain is the grace and the promise and the peace of God. And you have to pray and you have to say, God, take this from me. Give me peace. Give me your peace that passes all understanding. Guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus, Lord. But number six, you need to pray purposely to see God's glory revealed. 
you need to pray purposely to see God's glory revealed. God's word tells us to seek God's glory in anything we say and in anything we do. This should be what fuels our prayer. This should be the motivation of our life, that God would have glory in our lives and in this world. Listen, we need to pray for God to show up and show out, not for our glory, but for his glory. Listen, prayer is not about what we can do, but is seeking what God can do. That's where the excitement, that's where the expectation comes with prayer, and that is it is about seeking what God can do, not resting on your own limited abilities. Listen, God changes things through the earnest prayers of true believers in Christ. Scripture says that the prayers of the righteous person, the person who is rightly aligned in heart and mind with Christ, those prayers are powerful and effective. Look at James 5.16. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Listen, when you go to pray, you should not be like, oh man, I got to pray about this. You should go, hey, I get to pray about this. And you should be praying with great expectation because the possibilities have now all grown exponentially because now it's not about your abilities, but his ability. It's no longer about your understanding, but his understanding. It's not about your weakness, but his power in your weakness. Listen, knowing God can do anything through prayer and according to his good, pleasing, and perfect will, God wants you to pray big, bold, and believing prayers. God wants you to pray big, he wants you to pray bold, and he wants you to pray, pray believing prayers. You know, a, a prayer is not selfish if that prayer is about seeing God's perfect will and God's power revealed. It's not about you. It's about him. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. Uh, hang in here with me as I read this out to you. It says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Listen, we have to know that God wants us to, co to come to him with bold, believing, and expectant prayers. Look at verse 13. It says, so please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, listen to this, I, I pray from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Again, there's power that comes from God. Scripture says God's not given us a, a, a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But listen to verse 20 and 21. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. God wants to help you and God 
will help you. God wants to reveal his glory, and that glory is often revealed after you've done everything you could do, but then you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, and things that you couldn't change, God changed. Now, when things are changed through, through prayer, make sure that you give God the glory. Don't be like, hey, look at me. No, look at God. I couldn't do anything about this. I couldn't change myself. I couldn't fix this past. I couldn't to help this particular situation. But God reached in, he heard my prayers, and he answered in a powerful way. Listen, especially when we know that we have no hand in changing the situation, but that God showed up and God showed out, he answered our prayer for his glory. After all, whenever we get out of God's way, then God is able to have his way. God is able to, to show up and show out. Listen, God should get all the glory, all the honor, all the praise for what he alone has done and is, and is doing in your life. But last but not least, number seven, pray purposely to defeat the devil. You need to pray purposely to defeat the devil. A lot of people just don't recognize this. And if they do, they don't recognize it frequently enough. And that's this. We are all in a nonstop spiritual battle. We're in a nonstop spiritual battle, a battle that can't always be seen with the human eyes, but is always going on in the atmosphere of this life. Right now, there's a spiritual battle. There is spiritual warfare going on in every home and in every, every uh, country, every, every place on the map. Listen, to, to know God's word is to know that we are facing this spiritual battle, and the scripture says that we need to prepare and make sure we have on the full armor of God in order to, to wrestle this spiritual war. Now, I'm reading from the Message Bible, Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 10 through 18. This is out of the Message Bible. It is a paraphrase version for better understanding. It says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and, and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. This is a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. It says, be prepared. You're up against far more then you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every God weapon that he's issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way, listen to what it says, in the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard. Pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Listen, prayer is essential because prayer can go where you can't, and prayer can do what you can't. So let me wrap this up with you right now. We all need to pray, not just out of, out of obligation, but expectation. 
not just out of just saying empty words, but with clear purpose. We need to pray to draw closer to God. We need to pray to align our hearts with God. We need to pray to give God thanks that he's deserving of. We need to pray to give God our, our daily and often cares, worries, fears. We need to pray to experience God's peace. We need to pray to see God get the glory. And then we need to pray so that we might overcome the devil and his schemes to take us down and to deny us all that God has for us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, right now, I just lift up each and every person that is listening right now. Lord, whatever it is that they might be battling with, struggling with, Lord, different ways that Satan is, is, is intentionally trying to, um, uh, Lord, take them down through their weakness or their feelings of weakness. God, I just pray, Lord, that they would just cling to you. They would call upon you. They would turn to you, Lord, knowing that you are where their help comes from. God, I just pray about their specific situation, circumstance, Lord. And I just pray that their faith would be strengthened. Lord, their peace, Lord, would be renewed, Lord, and that they would be able to, to uh, Lord, just come to you with this wonderful privilege of prayer, Lord, anytime, Lord, with the things that are on their minds and their hearts. God, I pray for those, Lord, right now that are listening, Lord, that they're spiritually lost. I pray they would understand, God, that you are just a prayer away, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for their sins, so that they don't have to be eternally separated from you, God, but that they could have forever, Lord, eternity with you in heaven. God, I pray that each person listening right now, Lord, if they, they desire to give their heart and life to you, God, I pray that they would admit their sin. I pray they would believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross for them and who arose from that grave the third day. God, I pray that they would, they would just uh, trust you as their Savior, as their Lord. Lord, knowing that you not only will give them hope for eternity, Lord, but hope for today and tomorrow. God, we give you all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much, uh, as always, for uh, joining us. And, uh, and I'm certainly uh, praying for you in whatever situations you might have going on in your uh, life, in your family, or with your friends. Listen, to all of our ministry partners uh, all over, I always like to say thank you. Uh, thank you for believing in this mission of, uh, as we seek to love, lift, and lead uh, as many people as we possibly can to Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you for seeking to live out this uh, vision and this mission in your everyday life where you live, where you work, where you play. And then we also thank you for your generosity and supporting this mission and this vision. We could not do this without you. Uh, if you would like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, you can do so easily. Uh, one of three ways. First of all, you can go to refugechurch.org slash giving or you can simply text the word GIVE, that's G-I-V-E, to 843-806-0831. Or you can mail a check to 203 Eddie Chastine Drive, Walterboro, South Carolina, 29488. I hope you have a great day and a blessed week. God bless.